0: Welcome, this is an awesome podcast, this yeah. is one of my favorite ones. <laughs> to the Jeff, It's a lot of whiskey Jeff, Macalino, Jeff Macalino, 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 podcast. Hello, 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 welcome to episode 101 of the Jeff Macalino podcast. Um, boy, I feel like I have so much to talk about. I should have probably written it down. I am, uh, I'm recording this Friday the 21st, uh, before the Monday that this episode is released. Thank you to everyone who has reached out to me. There have been too many of you to name, uh, uh, regarding, uh, episode 100. I am appreciative of all of you uh and uh thank you so much to everyone who did shoot me a message uh on the social medias or uh plenty of people have emailed me and i greatly appreciate it uh i hadn't other than that episode i hadn't recorded an episode since this episode that i'm releasing today uh this episode is with sean hegarty um i don't know why i don't know if i just nailed his accent or if i completely bastardized it i don't know why i said it in an accent he's from across the pond mate i don't know what i'm doing here <laughs> i i haven't drank for like 10 days yeah, well i hadn't drank for like 10 days and now i'm I, i'm on my first sip and i'm i'm just giddy i'm giddy um but uh, he's a comedian very funny we talked i think this was less than 24 hours before hurricane ian hit florida When we recorded this, uh, I was still kind of unclear of the path of the storm, and uh, we we talk about that a little bit. Uh, obviously, I got through unscathed uh, physically and uh, uh, really property uh, wise as well. Um, you know, and obviously, not not uh, everyone was as fortunate. Uh, So obviously, as I've said before, thoughts and prayers to uh, all of my neighbors a little bit south of me. I did lose power, but, you know, hardly seems worth complaining about compared to, uh, you know, what other people went through. It is an interesting experience when you're all alone to lose power and, you know, for for more than 24 hours, uh, you know, have very little to no light. Uh, aside from some candles which are not bright enough to read by uh, and flashlights that you know you don't want you don't want to burn the batteries through anyways uh the reason I even bring that up is we do talk about the hurricane in the beginning of this podcast and for some reason there was intermittent intermittent uh internet connection issues um it was really happening all day the day before the hurricane I'm not sure if they were doing something to try to you know, protect the uh, protect the internet cables or something before the storm, um, but I, I couldn't even stream videos and stuff, uh, I, you know, off and on the day before the hurricane hit, before we really had any of the nasty uh, weather that came through, so uh, the internet cuts out a few times. I've edited it out, but if there's a weird break, uh, there's one time that's incredibly good, uh, I'm telling the story about me bombing uh, on stage and the Internet cut out so he couldn't hear the story. So I finished and he was dead silent because he did not hear anything I was saying. And it was perfect. Um, it was very appropriate, given the story. Uh, <laughs> then I finished this story to silence. Uh, so I apologize. I don't think there's any cuts that are too rough in here. But uh, that should not be a problem again. Sean uh, was a very fun guest. He's got some credentials. I should really talk about him as a comedian. Uh, He was on Ireland's Got Talent back in 2018. He's won uh, Ireland's Funniest Joke Winner in 2017, 2018. Um, He's a one-liner comedian. He's been doing it for quite a bit of time. Uh, He has a YouTube channel with some stuff. He's performed at the Edinburgh Fringe, Cyprus, Belgium, Paris, and Spain. Um, Very funny guy. Very fun to talk to when uh, the connection was good. And uh, a guy who, uh, you know, maybe I'll I'll have back on in the future when I'm not about to get hit by a hurricane. So we can have a little clearer conversation. But uh, I think what we recorded was, was fun by itself. We talk about comedy. We talk about sports. We talk about... Wishing the hurricane goes other places. It's a, and how weird that is. Um, we, we cover a bunch of stuff. Um, I do want to mention so I'm, I'm recording this Friday. I have a rap party for Women Want Everything, the movie that I've mentioned quite a few times. Um, a rap party for that on Saturday. So I'm excited to see the my fellow castmates and crew members. Uh, probably one. One last time until the premiere, I'm guessing. Maybe not the cast members. I'll probably see them. Maybe at some press stuff. Uh, or maybe on this podcast. Who knows? Um, but uh, excited to uh, see all of those fine people. Um, and then Sunday, I'm basically starting a, uh, a podcast marathon starting Sunday. I will say, I reached out. To My first hundred episodes, the only kind of, sort of, repeat guest on those episodes was Joseph, my brother, who was in episode 50 as the main guest, and then he was in episode, I believe, 87 as one half of the silly couple. Um, Other than him, nobody made a repeat appearance, but I've already spoken with a few people. One is set in stone uh, to uh, sit back down with me. Another one who had a, a, also a very popular episode. Uh, he has also given me some dates. I don't think we finalized as of this recording, but that will be coming soon. Also, another guest, actually, I forgot about that, uh, has scheduled. That's in a couple weeks. I forgot because that's two weeks away, and it's well after this marathon sprint uh, I'm going through here. So Sunday, I may be recording a podcast with a good Friend, repeat guest. I'll I'll keep that as a surprise. Uh, but Sunday night, I'm going live with FL Team, so it'll already be done by time you hear this recording. But we're doing a uh, simulcast, kind of like the Manning cast uh, of the Sunday night football game. So you can you know mute the TV, follow along with much more fun commentary on YouTube, and watch the game with our commentary and uh, our buffoonery or my buffoonery and their Dolphins fandom. It's Dolphins versus Steelers. So I'll probably just have teased them the whole time. Um so you can go check out that video but it will have already happened if you're listening to this. Um Daniel the past life regressionist who was on a recent episode, uh he played my episode with him on his podcast Timeless Spirituality. Um and I appreciated his uh, intro to that. I think he said I was smart. <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. Um, And he also introduced me to a guest I'm super excited to be talking with on Monday. Uh, And so Sunday, I've got potentially uh, a a podcast and then a three-hour live broadcast. Uh, Monday, I've got one that I'm nervous and super excited for. Uh, that will probably be the episode that comes out on Halloween, just coincidentally, not for any particular reason. Um, and thanks to Daniel for that uh, introduction as well. Um, much appreciated. Daniel's such a such a funny guy. I, t- I told you um, uh, on his episode, I, I talked to him for probably at least 15 minutes before and after the part we recorded, which was a pretty lengthy, I think that was an hour and a half at, or, or close to it. Um, and we, we've continued to, uh, to, uh, message back and forth, uh, since then. So, uh, I appreciate him, uh, sending a really cool guest my way, uh, and a, a really cool lady, uh, who I, I did speak with her, uh, already just to kind of talk about what, what we're going to, uh, talk about. Uh, then Tuesday, I've got a triple header, man. I've got a, a fun new guest, uh, that I've, uh, I'm excited to talk to. Tuesday afternoonish, then I've got a football podcast I'm doing. Um, it's not my podcast; it's another. Per- I'm a guest on another person's podcast, um, and then I am interviewing uh, Wajid Hassan uh, Tuesday evening. So I've got a triple header coming your way, Wajid. Of course, you probably know from episode fifty-two of the Jeff Macalino podcast. Uh, that episode, uh, I you know did decent on YouTube, I think, um, and uh, just fascinating stuff uh, from him. Uh, I realize I've I've been leaning towards the metaphysical stuff a lot recently because it's fascinating to me. But I've got comedians, I got actors. We're keeping we're we're going all over the place. I got uh, multiple other oh another repeat guest, a uh, good friend of the program. I was on her podcast as well. Uh, I'll keep the name a secret just in case we, we don't schedule something, but, uh, it sounds like we're going to be scheduling, uh, recording an episode here soon as well. And, uh, another couple people I've been keeping the lines open too. So I am entering a marathon of fun. I get to coach a flag football game, offensive coordinator. Every time I'm out, they suck me right back in. I don't know if that's the right quote from Al Pacino, uh, and it's certainly not the right accent. Um and then uh the rap party Saturday, and then Sunday through Tuesday, I am Marathon Podcasting. Uh, and then Wednesday, really, I have a live pod uh broadcast for FL Teams, the uh NFL Power Ranking Show, where I'll probably have the Saints ranked somewhere around number 30. Not happy camper. Let's not talk about that. Let's talk to Sean Haggerty, shall we? Uh, enjoy the episode. Oh, uh, I guess I should do my ads that I've been putting off. Sorry, this is a long intro. I just came off a solo podcast episode and I freaking drop a 12-minute intro on you. I'm sorry. Um, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain myself. Um, Hey. This episode is sponsored by Abata It's a cashback shopping app that saves you money on things you're going to buy. Download the app using the link in the description below and start saving money. Making money back. You're not saving money. You're making money back on things you're already buying. For crying out loud, you're crazy if you don't do it. Crazy! Uh, use the link in the show notes below because it will give you a $5 off for the first time you redeem uh, or submit a receipt. I barely go shopping in person because I'm bougie uh, and I've made like I make like four to five dollars a week just buying stuff I'm already buying. It helps that the brand of liquor I purchase is getting me a dollar back every time. But look, I'm buying it anyways, whether or not I get a dollar back. It's not one of those scam things where it's like, I bought this for a thousand dollars, but it's worth fifteen hundred. I basically made five hundred bucks. No, you didn't. Not unless you sell it for fifteen hundred bucks. Uh, I'm already buying this whiskey, whether or not I'm getting the dollar back. It just so happens I get a couple dollars every time I go to the liquor store now. Uh, and Publix. Anywho, use the link below. And also, uh, speaking of liquor, this is the club you'll be telling your friends about. It's Flaviar, taste exciting craft and premium spirits, access exclusive drinks, and learn the ways of a true whiskey aficionado. All of a sudden, you'll find yourself with a personal home bar. From the best of bourbon, Scotch, rum, gin, or tequila, and heaps of story to tell, use the link in the show notes to be- below to get the discount uh, because you're a listener of the Jeff Macalino podcast. All right, enjoy the episode with myself and Sean Haggerty. All right, everybody, I'm now very pleased to welcome Sean Haggerty to the Jeff Macalino podcast. How are you, Sean? Hey uh, Jeff, I'm good. Thanks. How you doing? I'm good. I am good. Ah, uh, there, there is. We were talking beforehand, so this episode will come out, and it, it's possible I could already be dead.
1: So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny that right before you pressed record, you were telling me about
0: all the people you hoped would die instead of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. It is the it is the the worst feeling when you're sitting there like watching this cone of, you know, a hurricane and you're like, "Oh, I hope it hits there or there." And it's like, "Oh, yeah, there's people there too." <laughs> yeah. I
1: remember learning about hurricanes in school and we were told that if you ever to be in the, the the middle of one, to go to a bridge and if the bridge has like a, "So you know, this is the top of the bridge and this is where it like meets from the ground, you have to go into this tiny alcove." and i always remembered that from school and i was like why were we ever taught that because there are no hurricanes here why why did someone waste their time teaching us that you know they should have taught us more important things like how to keep potatoes from fucking just going <laughs> black in the ground and starving thousands of people here that's the famine but uh yeah
0: yeah yeah there it's uh it's there's geographical hazards no matter where you live in the world right and we 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 uh I I make fun of everyone else during winter because I can go to the beach and it still be nice warm and sunny and uh you know a few times a year you know we have to run around hiding everything outside and buckling down and praying our windows don't get broken and trees don't fall through our roofs it happens it's a trade off <laughs> we yeah <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah, I, don't ask me that today, but ask me in three days, and I'll, I'll probably say, oh, yeah, it's worth it. This, we're never going to get really <laughs> hit by a hurricane, right? I was confident the whole time. Yeah. So I make all these jokes about the hurricane. I'm going to like get hit by a car <laughs> and die before this episode comes out, so I just, you know, completely different path. <laughs> but this will be episode 101 of the podcast. Unless I die before I record episode 100, which I'm planning to do a solo episode to celebrate the 100th episode, so this could be the 100th episode if I do die. So you, you know, you there, there right. might <laughs> the 100th and final <laughs> episode. So you might want to root for that. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it. Would be my privilege. It would be an honor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm the last so guest. <laughs> yeah. So what's the green in the background? That, that's uh, the bowls, Is that? I'm gonna say
0: ice hockey, but I'm pretty sure I'm hundred percent wrong. Uh it is uh college football. Uh, oh. mostly. It's where college I went football. to school. Okay. Yes, University of South Florida Bulls. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. My my Saints are playing in London, which I don't know how far that is from you, but they're they're playing in London on Sunday. My my pro yeah, football that's,
1: team.
0: All oh, right, okay. That's that's about one hour probably and an hour playing thrust. So it's it's not too far. Oh yeah, that's not not too far at all. Um, yeah. I know, I I know you do. Um, one of the uh, funny things you do on your YouTube channel is, uh, gosh, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, you do a, a a football player, or as my people would call it, a soccer player. Um, yeah. Like post game, post match interview kind of thing. What's it, what yeah. is, uh, Why am I blanking on his name? Uh, his name is Dicky the Gaffer. That's it. Which is
1: yeah, which is uh, gaffer is kind of like a a European term for for manager really or for a coach really. So um yeah, I would be a big kind of I would be a big soccer fan over here, and I'm a huge Liverpool supporter. I'm sure you've heard of Liverpool mm-hmm. in some shape or form over the years. And uh, basically, I followed the the Premier League, or as you guys call it, the Premier League. I think it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've, i I followed that my entire life. And basically about a year ago, I was watching a news channel and it was like a local news channel, which is um, most of the channels that we get are English. Uh, so this is like an Irish channel still in English uh, language, but in our local accents, which we don't get very often. So I seen like local football teams and football managers being uh, being interviewed after games and I thought, oh, this is, this is a perfect idea here where I could maybe manipulate this and throw in some swear words and just be really really rough and really local with it and it seemed to really take off and um, I, I don't I post on YouTube quite a lot but I don't I don't consider myself a YouTuber I, I don't um I just use it almost like it's like I feel like I have to put stuff up there because maybe eventually something will go viral or something will take off. And I know that that's a way of maybe making money in the long term, but basically for me, it's always been Facebook first and foremost, and then the likes of Instagram, and then it would be maybe TikTok now, and then Twitter, and then YouTube. But, um, yeah, it's just about just trying to relate to my local people and just try and sell tickets for comedy shows. I'm sure you're
0: the same. Yeah, yeah, YouTube's just a uh... – youtube's just a fun like i've got a weird idea or or in my in in my case it's like i get shit face drunk at least a couple nights every week but i don't have my kids <laughs> pretty much every night so it's like yeah. i might as well use that time productively right so instead of being yeah. a drunk i'm an artist
1: yeah that's it you might as well film yourself getting fucked up you may as well <laughs> yeah the, the thing
0: is i i know i know people are like you aren't you afraid of what you're gonna say it's like yeah, no, I edit it sober. I don't just <laughs> send it out there, not knowing, blackout drunk, just talking publicly on the internet. I'm not an idiot. Well, not a complete idiot.
1: <laughs> so do you, do you ever get to the point then where you, you've drank so much that the next day you're like, how does this episode end? Like, I don't, I don't know what happens at the end here. I do oh, not yeah. remember pressing stop Yeah,
0: Yeah, I... um. I intentionally. So so most of I started doing this thing Drunk Jeff eats where I get like fast food and I just yeah, you know, especially new menu items and eat it. And usually I cheat quite a bit and I'm not that drunk when I do it. Uh but a couple times I was. So those are actually a lot more fun for me to edit because I don't know what's going to happen. Um And uh, then I I started doing something that I'll probably continue because I enjoyed it, at least, is I did a Drunk Jeff ranks where I make a top 10 list uh, with a topic that sober me has left for drunk me. So I put a little whiteboard (laughs) and write top 10 fast food restaurants and just leave it there. And when I come home drunk later that evening, I'm like, oh, I got homework. Um, and that was fun for me, but I, I really wanted to do that when I was blackout drunk. So yeah, I had no idea what that was going to come out as I, I didn't even end up doing 10. Like I, I ended up not putting a number nine, right. um, at one point I had Wendy's on there twice and then I forgot what restaurant was on there with a W. Yeah. So, so I was like, that was good. That was authentic. That was funny. Um, although I, I, yeah, I know some people are like, yeah, yeah, some. It kind of seems like a cry for help. I'm like, it's not. I, I was <laughs> fine the next day.
1: You're just having fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and you know what's funny? I I've never had a hangover. Really? Yeah. No, I, I'm. It's uh, it's 149 my time. This is my first drink of the day, but I will probably be up until midnight drinking whiskey out of I don't even know how big this glass is to be honest. And uh, I'll be fine tomorrow morning. <laughs> do, you, do you think you maybe don't get sober enough to be hungover? You just you just rifle through? No, the funny thing is the only time I struggle in the morning are times where I'm a little still a little drunk. Then I want to go right, back right. to sleep and, and fully sleep it off. So I I'm just completely clear Um, that doesn't happen much. It actually usually happens when I take a break like take two weeks off drinking, then I go back to drink and I drink like normal and get four hours of sleep thinking I'll be fine and I'm still drunk. <laughs> so, need, an- <laughs> need another sleep.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. There was a time over the summer when myself and my older brother, we got together and we we, we, would, ha- we would have drinks together maybe once a year, but from the summer just past, we decided to make this a tradition now every summer where we get together. And it was a lovely, beautiful summer's evening. We went out his back and he had brought out like his, uh, his TV that was hooked up to the internet and stuff. And we decided to watch Royal Rumble from 1992. I think it was on YouTube. Wow. And because uh, we, we were big, you know, WWF fans back in the day. And basically, we said, right, before this starts, we called my brother's daughter out and we got her to, to Google all the people that were in the main event, the actual Royal Rumble. So we pared them off where, you know, he had one, I had one, and we didn't know who had won or whatever. So we ended up with, I think it was like 15 wrestlers each. And every time your wrestler entered, you had to take a massive drink and then you had to pour some of your drink into this big massive sort of vase or vase. So by the end of it, uh, what we did as well, actually halfway through, is we decided that we would Google each wrestler, we would pause it, and google each wrestler and see if they were still alive and if they were dead then we had to take a massive drink of this big jumbo just massive vase of piss in the middle of the the table and i actually got there the next day and i had no idea how i got home that night and i woke up <laughs> and i had like five thousand steps on my like like smartwatch, and i was like i must have walked at home so i phoned them, and i was like I'm guessing I walked at home because I've got so many thousand steps on my watch. And he says, No, no, that's from dancing in his living room after midnight. We put on like music on YouTube and we were just dancing up and down his living room. And that's how I got just 5,000 steps after midnight. So I have no idea how many thousands I did even before midnight, but that was uh, guaranteed a guaranteed 10,000 steps day at
0: least. It was unbelievable. <laughs> that's that's a good night right there. That's a <laughs> that's, uh, 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 That's one of the few drinking games uh, I think I could completely get behind, too, because I don't, uh, I watched wrestling for probably a year when I was, like, in seventh grade, and uh, I still sometimes, I don't know why, but sometimes I'll get, like, a random WWE thing pop up on my YouTube, and for some reason, I went through a binge where I watched, like, you know, 20-year-old Royal Rumbles, like, several of them, because I, I have no clue who won because I never watched it to begin with. Because <laughs> um, I, I literally, I think I watched from like 2000 to 2001, maybe. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I watched a bunch of those Royal Rumbles. I'm like, this is actually a fun, it's a fun match to watch, even if you don't know yeah. everyone in it. Like That's, that's it. A,
1: it's, I wouldn't call it sport, but it's, it's light entertainment, at least. You know, it really is. Right, right. Now, I mean... Crazy some of the athletes. documentaries
0: too,
1: yeah, 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 massively. But even some of the the documentaries that have came to light in recent years, they're dark. A lot of them have a lot of skeletons in their cupboard. There, there are some dark documentaries out there on some of the wrestlers.
0: Yeah, crazy. Yeah, they what what they put their bodies through. I know a lot of them were just popping, you know, pain pilled narcotics, like like they were vitamins, just. Yeah. Ridiculous, uh, ridiculous strain on their bodies every night. Like they're on TV two nights a week, but they're wrestling, traveling every night. It's crazy that, that they do that. Yeah. 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 It's
1: that mixture. I think of probably alcohols, you know, as you said, like when the comedians and stuff, when you come off stage and you have that massive high, then when you hit that, that lull or that crushing low, it's hard to kind of balance those things, you know, so you need almost like a vice or something that you can hang on to and be like, I need to be brought back up here to Mm -hmm. the same kind of level that I was at earlier in the evening, so um, I understand what they've went through, and in terms of like, most of them look like bodybuilders too, and I'm sure they didn't have drug tests back then, you know, or not as strict as they do in terms of like MMA and, you know, in the UFC and things like that nowadays, so um you can only imagine what their bodies have been put through and you can tell from the chaos that ensued when they retired that most of them have just
0: uh, they've just fucked themselves massively yeah it's uh it's it's the only sport we'll say or athletic endeavor where in 1991 a long time ago but you can go watch a baseball game from 1991 the odds are almost everyone on that field is still alive today Mm, uh, yeah. so, you, no matter what sport, so in mean, any sport, there probably the—I yeah. mean, I guarantee the vast majority are alive. But in wrestling, thirty-one, oh, years ago, I would guess half of them were dead at least.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's scary. Like you even look at the the Hart family. you know Bret Hart, Owen Hart, British Bulldog? Mm-hmm. I think
0: Bret Hart's one of the the only ones that are left in that family. It's crazy. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. It's it is weird how many and I didn't even know uh, how many uh, like family legacies or like you you really want to bring your kid into that world <laughs> like I would be I like know. no 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 do you do not do this go yeah, be a doctor not at all. <laughs> that's uh yeah That's, this same with comedy frankly it's I, I although I don't think many comedians kids become comedians but I I can't think of any or maybe just we don't know their parents because they weren't very successful but. Frozen, I think. Yeah, that seems to be it. Okay, now you're going. Yeah, I knew. I knew you were frozen for a second because your cat in the background was in a position. I'm like, why did it stop? <laughs> I'm Is like, it oh, it's frozen. <laughs> yeah, we're back. We're back. All right. <laughs> so, do you watch much sports and Jeff yourself? Sports, yeah, yeah. I watch. Uh, yeah. I watch. Uh, a ton of NFL football, um, baseball. I mainly and hockey. I mainly just watch my team, um, and and lately, I would say the fourth sport I watch the most is soccer because my buddy's a big Barcelona fan. So you know, it's an excuse to drink socially, go over to his house and watch watch a soccer game or match. I think would be the correct verbiage. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: and how and what what do you think of of soccer um i understand it a lot better than i used to um i prefer it over basketball frankly um i think basketball's oh just, really yeah i, I it's it's uh, basketball's become a a different game than when i watched it as a kid like now it's all three point shots and drive to the lane try to dunk or get fouled i feel like they kind of took the mid-range game out of it yeah so so i can appreciate the the uh yeah i i can appreciate soccer and this, this i can actually see some of the strategy and stuff now that i've watched more of it and there's like the world cup is yeah. what i used to watch the most and i feel like they flop a lot more in that than they do in actual like la liga or premier league and stuff like that like they, they're not there to, to uh you know act like they got hit they they usually legitimately get hit if they're on the ground um but in the world Cup, i think i was yeah, kind of yeah. jaded by the world cup where a lot of these you know i don't know if it's certain countries or what but a lot of these guys they just love to act and it's like oh i i can't watch this
1: yeah yeah i i, I would find a lot of Spanish soccer would be like that as well. The likes of Barcelona and um, the Italian games as well, where they just cheat a lot. And it's it's soul-destroying. You, you just want to watch a game of soccer and it's just relentless, just cheating and rolling across the ground. And you're like, you want to go out on the, on the field as a grown man and you want to, you know, have some respect for yourself and for your family and you want to, so even for your kids, you're like, I'm going to be tough and I'm going to I I'm not going to show anyone that I'm hurt and things like this, whereas they go out on the field in soccer and they just they just throw themselves down when the wind changes direction. It's just <laughs> it's it's pathetic and it's like, What what are you doing? What is being achieved here? you know it's just it's embarrassing and it's the children that you almost fail for that are watching this and being influenced, you know, as they're growing up. But it's
0: I don't know, what can you do? Yeah. Well it's funny, I feel like basketball has become that. Like, to me, LeBron James does really? that every game I watch. He gets touched. He goes to the ground and acts like, you know, someone really? just shot him from the, you know, yeah. there's a sniper in the upper deck who just shot through him.
1: <laughs> I, I remember he, yeah. he was
0: carried off the court one time, and I, I think he had a – I think someone poked him in the eye. I'm like, that, you can still walk, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Stop being such a damn drama queen. <laughs> it, it's just the it's, – it's the opposite of – of pro football, where you know you you break your leg, you you want to get up and not let them know that you're hurt until the yeah, leg that's it. literally goes out from underneath and you can't. Like yeah, you you, yeah. Know, you, you know that that's you know that's the, what it should be yeah yeah that's and you know yeah. I think it's growing up with you know watching that kind of sport that that makes it harder to transition to a sport where men intentionally try to look weak. <laughs> Um, yeah, it
1: really does. Yeah. But I feel like the social media as well plays a big influence at the minute in, in NBA. Do you know, I feel like it's like we would watch the maybe the All Star game or, you know, the slam dunk competition. And I feel like as time has gone by, the slam dunk contest nowadays is almost like pathetic compared to how it was even like four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are just, they've run out of ideas of how to slam the ball into the net do you know what I mean so it's just repetition or bring in their their tallest friend out to to jump over it's like (laughs) where do you go from there do you know what I mean
0: I I I think you're right I I used to watch that with my brother it was like our tradition we'd watch the Mm three-point contest the dunk contest and the all-star game the next day and I think it got to a point where it's like I think they've done all the dunks (laughs) like there are no more yeah if you can't change the 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 basket and the ball what else are you gonna do (laughs) like i mean and and it's weird the athleticism of of modern day athletes is so much higher than it was i think even 20 30 years ago so they can just do things that it's like (laughs) it's not impressive because you can do that like it's not a superhuman feat it's like half the guys in the league can do that now just i know i know i know it's it's a weird it's it's a weird thing (laughs) yeah they have to come up with something different yeah i would like to see some innovation um i think all the leagues should should do some different things with their all-star stuff because i know hockey experimented and i I think they do a three-on-three uh with two 10-minute periods Mm. and it's like that that creates more action i guess it's you know more open ice um but like the, maybe the they NFL, should get
1: maybe they should get like the best player from every sport and
0: just put them all on a court together and just say just just go for it. Uh, what I what I wanted um, what I I always say the NFL should do because their their Pro Bowl is a joke. You know nobody hits each yeah. other because no one wants. I mean it's a violent sport and nobody wants to get hurt. No one wants to hurt another star player. Um yeah. What I think they should do is split up the teams. Uh, you know however many teams and make them play like flag football and no one can play the position they play in real life so quarterback can't be the one playing quarterback the linemen have to run and catch passes and stuff like that like make it make it different you know (laughs) make it fun make it competitive um but not anything where anyone is likely to get hurt um, exactly
1: yeah yeah it's but, like somebody yeah.
0: once said um with all the i, I would
1: watch quite a lot of uh, mma and they do you, know, you always see people who are maybe failing drug tests and stuff and then somebody once came out i think it was on twitter and says like let's put all these people who fail drug tests or who want to take drugs let's put them all in the one organization and just let them fucking kill each other and i was thinking that would be an amazing spectacle that would be you know you see that bare knuckle fighting and stuff at the minute i think that would just take it up a level that would be amazing it'd be like hunger games wouldn't it
0: yeah i don't i i i, I would be totally down with that i think it's yeah. just uh uh who like just make it open like yeah you could come yeah. here you could do all the steroids you can do coke right before you step into the octagon if you want a little extra perk <laughs> in your step uh you can you know you yeah. can be drunk step in, you know maybe that's a strategy um you you could probably yeah, take you have, you have to sign a waiver though where if you have a heart attack that's that's on you do you know what i mean yeah yeah you, you're not gonna have a long career even if you win a lot <laughs> you're, you're not gonna live long <laughs> no i i i do think there there it would be nice for some of these places to just innovate i actually i actually came up with a tremendous new sport Um, I'm, I'm going to write the time down because I'm probably going to edit this out of the podcast because I really, I legitimately want to try to make this a thing. Um, but I'll tell you, (laughs) but I, I was talking to my buddy and we were talking about how stupid some athletes were and how, you know, and other sports, smart people are actually ruining the sport because they're bringing analytics in that make things more efficient, but it makes the sport harder to watch. Um, so I said, you need to mix the brains and the brawn. So what I want to do is make a slap fight chess league. So you play chess and after every move, you slap <laughs> the other person in the face. Uh, but you have to stay seated because otherwise, <laughs> you know, you, you, but like it would be an interesting strategy of, um, you know, the best chess player in the world probably can't get a hit in the face more than a couple of times before they just quit, you know, make their brain all foggy and everything like that super muscle guy <laughs> yeah. might be able to knock somebody out but is he actually going to be able to play chess
1: yeah it's very true <laughs> so it's like
0: i feel like that would be an interesting like brains versus brawn and it, it, it would probably settle in the middle ground like a smart guy who's also in good shape and could and figure out a good way to slap while keeping their ass in the seat Um <laughs> but it, yeah, and, and, yeah and and you can only wear glasses if you're willing to get slapped with them you can't put them on move your piece and take them off you you play as yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. so vision problems yeah. you better have contacts. <laughs> yeah
1: a million percent but that that's that's one of those sports you would have to get your friends around and you would ha- definitely have to have drinks watching that you couldn't watch that sober
0: no 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 yeah definitely i would say the competitors <laughs> could drink too while they're at it yeah. but i said i'm like i i suck at chess but i'm willing to do the in- initial match just me and a buddy who also doesn't play chess, <laughs> but it's like I know how the pieces <laughs> move, so we can play it and video it, and you know maybe that's how it gets started. But yeah, no, I think <laughs> yeah, I feel like it would be, that'd be that'd fun. Be yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I I go through and I've seen you know competitive darts on TV, and I love darts, but I don't want to watch it on TV. And axe throwing, yeah. which is basically darts with big, you know bigger darts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it's yeah, get it's on TV. <laughs>
1: You could watch the Olympics too, couldn't you? And you could maybe, you could find 10 sports in every Olympic Games and you could just be like, really? Do you know, really? Do you know what I mean? Anyone could do this, like any, anyone could do this, whereas that's not what sports should be. Sports should be the ultimate performers, the ultimate athletes.
0: Yeah, well, not only that, but I find most Olympic sports incredibly boring. Even if I am impressed by the athletic feat, I don't yeah. care how fast you swim. I I can swim. Yeah. I, I I my kids were in swim league, and my my older sister is obsessed with swimming. So her kids are in swim league, and it's like, as a parent, that is the most painful thing to sit through. You sit yeah, in the sun yeah. for two hours to see your kids swim like three laps one time. Yeah. You know, it's like, and even yeah. like. You maybe are kind of excited when they're in the pool, maybe, but that's not a very long time if they're a good swimmer. <laughs> I know.
1: Yeah. I, have a, I have three older boys as well, and um, I used to be a water sports instructor, and I was a lifeguard as part of my training. We learned to be lifeguards in the in the swimming pool. And um, so I, I could teach swimming, and I have taught swimming in the past, and my three older boys, when they were younger, their mum was like – I don't want you to teach them how to swim. I'm going to enroll them in swimming lessons. And I was like, but that's that's such a waste of money. You know, it's so expensive, especially for three boys to all go. And they can't all go at the exact same time. They maybe are in 30 to 40-minute slots, maybe half an hour after each other. And she was like, no, I insist, you know, they have to go into swimming lessons. So she managed to book them on a night that they were staying with me every week. So I was the one that had to take them even though I could teach them how to swim myself for free which she yeah. insisted so I had to go and just sit there and then go to the changing rooms, help one of them get changed help the other one get ready they would go in, the <laughs> other one would come up and sit beside me and we would just conveyor belts for like two hours every fucking like Tuesday or something that was oh. just horrific I remember growing up and my dad used to just throw me into
0: the middle of the pool and say come on, come back, come back and that's how we learned. I, that's... I, i've heard uh although i don't think any any of my family's ever done this i've heard you could do that with a baby now obviously you monitor yeah. and you try to teach <laughs> yeah. them how to do it and not like a newborn but like a young you know below toddler throw them in yeah. the pool teach them to get on their back and to you know use their arms to get you know to move and it's like yeah. the so it, teach it them, can
1: definitely be done
0: i'm like yeah that's yeah. Yeah, you you do that with your kid. I'm not throwing my kid in the pool, but (laughs) an older kid, like, come on, you can figure it out. And if not, I'll throw you a a life preserver. You'll you'll live. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll survive. Yeah. I I almost, I I almost drowned when I was a kid. Um, Really? Yeah, I remember it. And uh, my mother remembers it too. So it was one of those things that all these years I'm like, that's probably a false memory. I'm probably exaggerating. And she's like, no, I literally (laughs) left the pool area to go to the bathroom or whatever. And she's like, somebody watched Jeffrey and she came out and I, I, I all by myself had grabbed onto like a something in the side of a pool and pulled myself up. But yeah, I remember flailing around, not, not, I didn't know how to swim. I think I just waddled into the deep end and didn't realize how quickly it dropped off underneath me and. (laughs) <laughs> and i realized i'm i'm far it? away from the top
1: <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it's scary though it, it really is like one time when we were um training as well as part of our lifeguard training we had to do like open water survival like a course in that so instead of taking us out to the ocean we just did it in the swimming pool but they had these still you know, the huge like survival tents that you would climb into and stay in and survive until a, a bigger ship or until you get rescued out at sea and I went underneath one of them as part of the training and I actually got stuck and I was under there for about a minute and a half and they thought I was just being funny and just having a laugh with everybody. But I, I genuinely felt like I was this close to dying and it was only when I managed to untangle myself and come back up, I was like, you bastards, why did you not save me? You know, they all just thought I was just playing a prank on them or just stand down there just to be
0: funny. It's horrible. That's the downside of having a reputation of being funny. <laughs> <It's>, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like people, like, like I try to make it clear. I'm like, you I don't get do... hit by a car. Is she yeah. filming this? <laughs> yeah, well, that's all I say. I, I don't do physical comedy. So if I'm on the ground screaming in pain, I'm not playing. I not reenacting Mrs.
1: Yeah. Robin Williams <laughs> <laughs> comes in, gives you the Heimlich. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm. If I say I'm choking, well, or if I do this, I'm choking. I'm not playing a joke. Trust me. You're gonna feel real bad when I turn blue and die because while you're laughing at me, you're
1: not just a special guest on the Impractical Jokers for a week. Yeah,
0: God, I respect the hell out of those guys. I don't know how they. I don't know how long long careers.
1: Then that long careers.
0: Yeah, I don't, I, I'm curious and I know one of the guys just left the show, so I don't know if they're going to have a sub for him uh, right. every week or what, what their plan is, but um, I don't know how many people could do what they did, just go up to Strangers and do bizarre things. And...
1: Yeah, you know, they, they tried to remake it over here, they tried to do a UK version, but it, they absolutely butchered it, I think, and it was just it was shelved within a matter of weeks that just were like no this is this is horrific it's so bad yeah just didn't work but it's it, it's their personalities isn't it you know it's their experience in comedy already and stuff and um, although you see some of their live like not jokes but they're on stage together and they're having a laugh and they bounce off each other and it's very well rehearsed and it's quite respectful too but there's still something missing there where you're like this if this was a, a stand-up club a comedy club there's no way that this would last more than 10 or 15 minutes if they were nobodies, you know what
0: right. I mean? Right. Yeah. They, they, um, they somehow thrive in the element of the unknown, <clears throat> but yeah, they're. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's funny when the, the, they first started to get popular, I I'd watch it in like secret, like one of those things, like, I don't want to <laughs> tell anyone I watch this show. I'm so embarrassed that I like it. And then you start finding out like everybody did that same thing in the beginning. Like, yeah, I find it funny, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, but you wonder how?
1: Like, surely the majority now of the the general public are actors. There's no way so many people don't know who they are. They're uh, surely they're superstars in America, are they? Are they? Yeah,
0: yeah. I so I I actually because I watch it with my kids sometimes, and I'm like, I think if I if they were doing this to me. I would totally ham it up and play along, not give in that. I know who they are. I would just be outrageous. Whatever route they're going, I would just take it to a different level. Uh, Whether it's it's like making them be afraid I'm going to, you know, hit them or, or just, you know, they're, they're doing something. I'd play along and make, so I'm like, that has to be the case with half these people. Like, yeah, it has to be. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, then again, I know a lot of people will see someone who they watch on TV all the time and see them face to face and be like, huh, you look familiar. But they, <laughs> they don't know you in that context. They just know you on a yeah, screen. Yeah. So I, I wonder if yeah. maybe some of that plays in too, where they're like, I think I know this person, but I'm I don't know from where.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. But uh, it's it's it's
1: good though. It is, it's a guilty pleasure, but the it's it's almost like friends or you know big bang theory or one of those shows that you can maybe just stick on and if you just if you zone in and zone out and if you converse with people and you can just jump straight back in you know it's one of those kind of shows that you can just have on in the background or when you're eating your dinner or something you can yeah you can watch it and it's it's it passes the time if nothing else but it is it is good it is
0: yeah, that's you, you need shows like that where you can be like, yeah, I'm watching it, but I'm also checking Facebook and Twitter and, you know, see seeing what's going yeah. on. But I'm, but I'm not most, really invested in the plot. <laughs> yeah,
1: but I, I find that's most television these days. You know, I, I imagine couples just get together. They're like, what do you want to watch? And they're like, let's try the new Jeffrey Dahmer series. And then they put it on. And then five minutes later, they're both on TikTok. And it's just, on in the background, you know, just somebody eating flesh and just raping people. Put <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it was nicely.
0: Yeah, I I don't think I, I'm still surprised when, um, uh, because I a show like my favorite show of all time, the greatest show of all time is Breaking Bad, uh, and yeah. that's a show where you can't look away; you have to be yeah, locked yeah. in. And it's, yeah. I, I have one friend who still refuses to watch Breaking Bad because he's like oh it's too much if i can't do anything else while i'm watching it, it's a waste of my time i'm like man we hang out and get drunk like six <laughs> hours a week and you're telling me you don't have time to watch breaking bad how much productivity are you having when you're getting shit-faced with me you're not producing content after this i am <laughs> <laughs> but that's it no one has the attention span anymore no yeah. one
1: yeah, you know, especially our generation and all the the kids that are coming up nowadays. Like no one has the attention span, and that's social media. That's you know, you even look at YouTube videos and all these gamers and stuff that kids watch nowadays. Where all the silence has been edited out, so everything is just super fast paced and ten different cameras and just everything's just manic and just like you wonder what society is going to be like in twenty, thirty years when obviously everyone's just going to be a professional dancer and a professional lip syncer and <laughs> fuck knows what else. <laughs> it's
0: yeah. It, it's, it's funny. I always try to go back and think like, when did this all start? And I, I remember the first time I saw something on TV with like, uh, I, it, I don't know whether it was on ESPN or something else, but it was like a sports highlight show. And they had like one bar underneath with scores and another bar with stats going by and I realized I'm not even watching what's on the screen. I'm watching the oh, words yeah. underneath the screen. And I'm like, I wonder if that's yeah. when it started leaking. Like, we can look at multiple things at one time. I'm watching the highlights, but I'm also reading stats, and I'm seeing scores. And uh, it's like, I, I wonder if that was the start of it. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, my brain can do more than one thing at a time.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, I... I uh I know. Over here, we have
1: sky sports news and it's like a screen in the corner that has like your highlights and your interviews and things but then over at this side you have like the league tables and the fixtures and then you have the breaking news and the team news and things at the bottom and it is just hectic the whole screen just 24 7 and it's just you almost get to the point now where anything is breaking news you know anything at all like a player's injured for a week and it's like oh this is breaking news whereas you know, when we were growing up, breaking news was 9 11 and Princess Diana dying, and, you know, things yeah. like that. Nowadays, it's just, you know,
0: Kanye and Kim have split up, and you're like, come on, breaking news. You know, <laughs> it's, I, I, there was, I saw breaking news yesterday, I think it was, that two Saints players who left the game last Sunday, ser- injuries are not uh thought to be serious. Breaking news, they're not serious. <laughs> it's like, that's a weird way to call – like, breaking news, I immediately am I'm like, oh, they're both, like, dead. <laughs> we'll never see them again. they <laughs> might play Sunday. I'm like, yeah, that, that's okay. I mean, they're that's just, good. I'm happy. They're with a little the bit report. sore.
1: <laughs> but yeah. breaking news. But... <laughs> what a waste of everybody's time. It's just a slow news day, isn't it, when things like that are on the screen? It's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like it, – it wasn't even info, too, because it's like the injury's not thought to be serious that could mean they're out a month or it could mean they're playing on <laughs> Sunday. Like you're not telling me yeah, any yeah. information. <laughs> not, not really.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, so do we. So do we. Uh, what's your background in, in comedy then Jeff, how did you get started? What, what's your, your background?
0: I, uh, I started just in February of last year. Um, just started doing open mics um i got into it well, i started start. uh i i started for the same reason i started a podcast i was actually trying to write uh like a dark comedy screenplay and i wasn't it wasn't very funny so, so i talked to a lot of comedians uh and reached out to a bunch of them <laughs> and almost all of them like any good comedy writer i know does stand up they're like not you, you you might never know they did stand-up because they might just do open mics so you don't need to make money off it but just going up there and trying to make jokes you will find a way to create funny material and that's how you can put it in your writing just you know yeah. go up on stage and then they said the same thing with the podcast you know you're going to be forced to find some chuckles in there if you're going for a comedy ish podcast so you know just just it'll expand your brain and it really it really did although when i started doing stand-up i stopped writing stopped writing screenplay stuff and just focused on that and i'm like wait i need to veer back the purpose of this is to help with this
1: (laughs) so that was really how i
0: got into it at at, you know frankly a a very late age to start doing stand-up um and i don't it's one of those things where it's like my kids are nine and 12 now and I have them, you know, 50% of the time. So it's like, I'm not a guy who's ever going to go on a tour. Not anytime soon. Frankly, if I was a road comic, I'd probably end up dead really quick, you know, Coke cookers and a lot of booze. Uh, so it's like, I probably shouldn't do that lifestyle anyways, but I like to have the tool in the toolbox, uh, that I could do it if needed. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh it definitely has helped as far as just figuring out ways to make kind of a plain scene in a in a in a script just jazz it up yeah. a little bit. Uh, it, it definitely yeah. is has rewired my brain in the way to find funny in yeah. stuff. And I feel like speaking
1: to comedians as well, especially on podcasts, is a good way to almost like things pop up in conversation and you're like, oh, there might be something in that. Or, you know, I told a story that I didn't realize was as funny as, you know, the the guests all laughed or whatever, and then you write it down and you work on it a bit. And before you know it, it's a bit. And, you know, it's like, that's, that's how it works, isn't it? You know, it's it's all yeah. conversational. It's all... The, the more your brain's ticking, the more your brain's working and thinking in that comedy mind, the easier it is when you do finally sit down and write. And you, it's just, it's all experience, isn't it? Because on stage, you're just talking. So it's almost like we're all performing while we podcast as well.
0: Yeah. I, I found that even with, I actually feel like when I do guest appearances on other people's podcasts, I intentionally, am like, I'm going to try to tell this story to see how funny I can make it. And, and if, if, you know, if, if they like it, then I feel like I, I definitely got something there. If it, if I, if the person just gives me a blank stare I need to revamp the way I tell it and try again. Uh, so it's like kind of uh, somebody who had Mark Norman on their podcast gave me that advice. He's like, Mark Norman came on my, I saw him two nights in a row. He came on my podcast in between. He was trying out material on my podcast. He then used that night. And I could tell I'm like, he didn't say that joke last night. He was testing it out on my podcast for stage the next day to test in front of an audience. <laughs> He's like, that's someone who's just, He's always working. And I'm like, I, I can see that. <laughs> that makes sense. So that's that's my thing now. It's like, if I'm yeah, going on someone yeah. else's, I'm like, I'm gonna, I got at least one story I got changed. Yeah, but that's out.
1: it. You, you know, you, you, yeah, you, when we're doing stand-ups, you know, we're, we're talking and we have an audience, you know, which is exactly the same in podcast form as well. And even though we don't have a live audience in front of us, there are going to be People hopefully watching this. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, what the fuck did like come on for? We could have just skyped each other, or you know, had a bit of a <laughs> a bit of a chat on a message board somewhere. But um, yeah, I think even even just talking, you know, it's it's the same as doing stand-up where we're we're working our funny bones, where we're thinking, we're being imaginative, we're being creative, and it's it's a uh, I I almost find like just, it doesn't matter what you're doing whether it's on stage or as long as you're around other creative people and you're you're focused on what you're talking about and what you're you know you're thinking about things like rigorously and thinking is there anything funny in that and what direction are we going to take this conversation it's all just training your mind and training your brain and it's just all experience isn't it for when you're actually up on stage and holding a microphone
0: yeah yeah it is and it does it it goes to um uh, I I even I had a couple guys on talking about one of them got like a uh footage of an alien and another guy was using that footage in a movie he's making about aliens in Montana, uh, and we're we're talking you know kind of scientifically about aliens and I'm like. I don't know if I, I saw we keep talking about like wanting to capture an alien. But if I saw an alien, I think my first instinct would be kind of want to fuck that thing and see what it feels like. <laughs> I'm like, does that make me? <laughs> but <laughs> I caught him off guard. <laughs> I'm like, is that just me? Like, I don't want to capture it. I want to fuck it. it seems so much better of a story. I fucked an alien than I I, I took one hostage. <laughs> geez that would be yeah that, that's that'd be an interesting way to start a comedy set wouldn't it yeah well i i don't think that's gonna work in stand-up unless i really get a long set where i can ease that one in. <laughs> yeah. not not gonna work on a not as not as an opening bit but no i do think yeah. it would be a funny comedy sketch like i i've, I've yeah, actually yeah. written out a sketch where like you know they're, they're they, they do have an alien hostage and one of the guys is just like I want to sneak into the cage and fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's how guys are. I mean, you yeah. Know?
1: I don't know. Maybe, maybe Elon Musk could open with something like that if he ever got into stand-up.
0: Oh God, yeah, yeah. I would, I would strongly encourage. The reason I'm trying to go to space so much is I want that alien point. <laughs> want that alien <laughs> pussy?
1: <laughs> Amazing.
0: <laughs> so how many get how many gigs would you say you've done? uh enough that I stopped counting uh but no yeah. probably in the in the dozens I'd say let done with the funny thing when I started more than half of them in the beginning were virtual ones which were horrible yeah. because um, of the pandemic yeah yeah because it was still I, I mean I live in Florida so we didn't really do much for the pandemic for the most part so comedy yeah. clubs were open pretty much the whole time. But even when I started, I was still, there was still some uncertainty and I'm like, well, I I don't know if it's safe for me to go share a microphone with 20 other strangers.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Yeah.
0: So I was kind of hesitant. And then of course, the other thing is, you know, if I, um if I had the sniffles or something, like I I, I showed up once and I was sniffling at the bar because I, it wasn't because I was sick, but I may have done some extracurriculars, you know, a few <laughs> days earlier. And uh, fucking an alien. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It gave me the alien fucked me up my nose, so I couldn't breathe. Right. <laughs> That's how they do it. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I went and sat at the bar, and someone's like, "You're not going on stage, right? I don't want to get COVID from you." I'm like, "Oh fuck, if I'm going to make other people uncomfortable, I'm not even going to." So it was such a weird. It was a very weird time to start. I would say that.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah. I would imagine so. Yeah, but um, and then myself I, and my wife. Uh, did did you did you get COVID at all? I got COVID at least once. Um, yeah. and I, 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 I shouldn't say it lightly, but like I say, it was like it was the greatest stay home vacation I've ever had um because i had basically i had a fever for one day i slept like a baby like the best sleep of my life for a couple nights and that was it no other symptoms or any i think i had a cough for off and on for a week or two my son had COVID as well so but his sister didn't so me and my son just hung around at the house for 10 days playing video games and watching old movies and stuff i'm like this is fun (laughs) but we had no you know we had no bad symptoms so
1: yeah. Yep. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, myself and my wife, we caught it quite bad. And it was in the very, like, we, the pandemic had almost, I think it was March.
0: Yeah. T- March, yeah.
1: 2020. Yeah. Yeah. March, 2020. And we had our daughter in April 21. Mm. So it was just over a year later. So it was kind of like in the in in the midst of the pandemic. And we got COVID the week that we were due to give birth. Oh, Jesus. Um. Yeah, so it was horrible. And we were actually we were filming a documentary for the BBC at the time, like a behind the scenes thing of two comedians. Because we did IVF in order to have our daughter, we had to travel to the Czech Republic, which was like, I don't know, fucking a thousand miles away. It was like the other side of Europe. Jesus. And um we we had to do this all during the pandemic. So we had to juggle that on top of losing all our work, thousands of pounds of, you know, jobs and gigs and stage shows and everything that we'd written together that were all set to go out had all been cancelled because of the pandemic and basically um, the week we were supposed to give birth we, we got COVID and this the, the situation here was only the person who was pregnant was allowed into the hospital the other person just had to leave them at the door and go home and you would just get a phone call or a video call to say here is your your child you know everybody's well or whatever but um. Whatever happened, there was a uh, miscommunication between the, the midwives. And when, they f- when half of them finished their shift and the other half started, there was some kind of mix-up. And they told me to come in and be there for the birth. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to say, oh, hold on a second. I was told <laughs> I wasn't allowed to come in. In my head, I was like, okay, we told you we had COVID. I, my conscience is cleared. You know, I told you I've done the right thing here. We have made the hospital aware that we both had COVID. And the lady says, yeah, just, you know, if you want to come in, you can just be at the birth. And I was like, fucking right, I'm going to be there. So I went in, and witnessed the whole thing. Then once we sent all our films and stuff to the BBC, everything was sort of put through legally. And they came back to us and they were like, should you have been in that hospital? And I was like, well, morally, my conscience was clear, but I think legally say what you want, but maybe I shouldn't have been there. And they were like, all right, we're going to have to pull the plug here. This isn't getting made anymore. You you oh, just Jesus. stop filming. And we, we filmed fucking maybe a hundred hours of footage from comedy gigs to writing material about the the pregnancy and then the birth and you know what we were going to say. We were going to do like a live show where the two of us were on stage talking about the entire thing. And we had jokes and stories and stuff written and everything was ready to go. And it was like, no, we just legally this can't go out. It's going to be really immoral. And all this and we were like what a what a waste of everybody's time
0: yeah Uh, does bbc own that footage or can you still do something with it yourself no no i I can still do something with it myself but it's almost like
1: what do you do do i create my own documentary do i sit for hours and hours and hours editing this thing you know where where does it go what do you just put it on youtube and it gets 200 views and you know, it's like—is it really worth it? But it's—it's it's almost like library footage now. You know, I've got it in the on a hard drive. It's there. Maybe we'll look through it all in ten years' time, or, you know, we'll we'll, we'll just see down the line. But uh, yeah, we we fully own the footage, which is the the main thing that we got from that. So it was great that we got to film the birth and the moment that we first met our daughter and things like that. So yeah, things things it worked out well. We weren't too bothered once the dust had
0: settled. Really, but, yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate because I don't, I don't think, I mean, I I think uh, Europe and uh, parts of America uh, have maybe, like to me, my thought is like, I don't care who has COVID, they should figure out a way that the dad can be in the damn room when the child's born. (laughs) Like, that's my thought the whole thing, the whole time. It's like, that's, that's an important moment, like, you know. (laughs) Yeah, because
1: even when I was in there, I had the gloves on, I had the mask on, I had an apron on, I had, I fully made sure that I was nowhere near anybody, you know, and we were, my wife was put into almost like a like a janitor's room off to the side, she wasn't in a ward, she wasn't on like a it was like they just pushed a bed into some storeroom and just went here you go, fucking dirty COVID people, you can have this room, and it (laughs) and. The whole time we felt horrible, so we were like, from then it was like the next child that we have, if we're able to have another child, we're going to do a home birth. So we're going to set up a, a, a pool right here, and we're going to have a a home birth, and we're just going to be like, fuck you guys, we're going to do it our way. If you want to send a midwife, send a midwife. Um, we're not going near the hospital again for anymore. Yeah, no, I, I I don't blame you. That's a unless I get pushed over playing football, then you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll go over on my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, I am uh, jealous of your comedy because you do a lot of like one line comedy. Um, yeah, yeah. I cannot do that at all. I can only tell stories, which I've also realized really hard to do like five minute sets when, when you need to structure a story. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You really, the first the first set I did, first time I do it, and this is at an open mic, and two thirds of the audience are my friends and family, and I just bombed, because I took a funny story that was funny in 10 minutes, but I cut it down to five minutes by basically cutting out every joke that I had. Uh, <laughs> because I'm like, well, I needed to give the exposition, I needed to explain the situation, and all. yeah, well, if you take three minutes out of a five minute set to set the stage, there's not a lot of laughs you're going to (laughs) get. And I, I, one of my friends (laughs)
1: recorded it. That's
0: It was like, well, I only, I guess I tried to only make five or six jokes the whole time. And I got four or five laughs. So I guess my batting average was high, but it sure seemed painful to go three minutes straight without anybody laughing. (laughs) Is there a, your one liner stuff? Is there a, do you have a set process for it? Or do these things just come to you or how do you, How does that all work? I can't even wrap my brain around it. Yeah, but
1: before that, sorry Jeff, I don't know if I seemed really rude there. You broke up a lot of that during a lot of that story so I didn't catch the middle or the end of it there, so apologies for that in case you just thought I was just stirring at you while you told a funny story. I'm sure it was was very good but if you if you want to repeat yourself I'll, I'll happily it, it, to the it, of it. it
0: absolutely was the perfect reaction because i was talking about bombing the first time <laughs> so it was kind of what i got the first set i'm like why is nobody making any noise and i'm like i'm yeah, just sitting
1: I, here just waiting for the internet to get better
0: yeah, that's why but no, i i said i said i'm like i watched back the video of it i'm like oh they weren't laughing because i wasn't telling jokes <laughs> like when i told jokes people laughed but I was telling a story that took the setup was just too long. So they weren't laughing while I was just giving details of, you know. So changed the strategy yeah, since yeah.
1: then. Yeah, but that, that's one of the reasons why I, I do one liners. I think I started doing one liners because I, I was really underconfident. And anyone from my childhood that you could meet would tell you that I would be the last person that they would ever expect to be a stand up comedian in any shape or form you know I was never the class clown or I was never the funny guy growing up at all I was just really shy like painfully painfully shy and it was almost like when I did the the water sports and um when I did stand-up it was I went through a stage in my life where I was like I want to test myself here I want to be I, I want to prove to myself that I can do things really beyond what anyone can imagine that I can do And prove to myself that I can do them as well. But when I started doing stand-up, I was still that painfully, painfully shy boy. And telling one-liners was a quick way of getting a laugh. I knew that if I tell a quick joke, within 10 seconds, I'll have a laugh. And then that'll at least ease my nerves, you know, ease the tension in the room, you know, just make me maybe appear more confident and I can work on my confidence then throughout the rest of my set. And it basically just went on from there. But, um. See, I, mean, I was never a storyteller either I feel like I muddle my words quite a lot and I lose my track of thought if I talk for more than a minute at a time <laughs> so with this it kind of fits in perfectly where I can just tell a quick joke and then the audience will laugh and I go right shit, you need to think of the next joke now that you need to be ready to tell this when they stop laughing and it just kind of evolved then from there
0: really yeah I'm, I'm jealous who would be your favourite comedians um I think the guy I like most, who's going right now, is probably Mark Normand. I, I think his he has a just a great mixture of kind of that one line stuff and social commentary and stories. Um, my favorite, the guy who probably got me like obsessed with stand up was uh Doug, is Doug Stanhope. Um, okay, well, I think he's actually in the UK right now. Or just got back from yeah, the, yeah, one or the yeah, other. Yeah. 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 Um, but he was, he was the guy who, uh, w- when I heard his standup, I'm like, damn, that's yeah, I, I was used to, I grew up and I, I had heard, I wasn't a huge stand-up fan when I was like, you know, in high school or anything. Cause I'd heard Bill Cosby and I, I thought he was funny and, um, uh, Jeff Foxworthy. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's funny, but, and then I heard Doug Stanhope and I'm like, damn, you can talk about stuff like that. <laughs> And it just opened my eyes, like, <laughs> God damn, that's some dark shit, and that's some like serious social commentary he's doing. Um, and it's funny, also. Yeah. So that's kind of the guy who I'm like, all right, I need to start digging into this more because this, if this is what stand up comedy is, I love it. Um, yeah. so I gotta give, I gotta give Stanhope the nod as like my the guy who opened the door for me to uh, yeah. to get into stand up comedy. <laughs>
1: So when you first started then, did you almost picture yourself as him on stage when you were on? Did you try and like emulate him in any way or did you write material as if you were him or you were coming up with things like what would Stanhope say? Or were you just like, right, I need to do this on my own. I need to create my own kind of vision or idea um, of what I'm
0: going to be. Not not consciously, I didn't try to do anything like him, Um, although I have. So when I do, when I do podcasts or some of my YouTube videos and I am very drunk, people are like, you sound a lot like Doug Stanhope. And I'm like, well, that's because he's a drunk also. <laughs> that's, it's not because I'm copying him. It's because drunk people talk funny. <laughs> but like, I, I said yeah, yeah. something specifically in one of my videos and I don't remember even saying it, but I like looked into the camera and I'm like, that is Authenticity. And the way I say, it, I can't even repeat it now because I'm too sober, but the way I said it, they're like, it It sounds like you were trying to do Doug Stanhope. And I'm like, I, I'm like, oh, I can hear it. I'm like, I I wasn't, I was just shit face drunk. And you know, I think we're similar in that way. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> Brilliant. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah.
0: I so try, you I try real hard. I, I try real hard to avoid uh, the, like mannerisms of comedians. I love because I, I, I am such a fan of stand-up that like, sometimes I, I'm like, I don't want anyone to think I'm, you know, ripping off somebody else but, or their mannerisms or their tempo or anything like that. Um, because I, I know I've done it partially because I drink when I go on stage, but I like, it's, I'm not sure how familiar you are with Mark Norman, but he'll just like,
1: yeah, take, yeah. you know, know comedy
0: that. Uh, you know, just <laughs> things like that. And I did some, I made a joke about cops killing a black person and it wasn't a racist joke. It was more of a not racist joke, but I, I was drunk when I did it and I'm like topical and I'm like, Oh shit, that was. more. Ah. <laughs>
1: that happens though. You know, you can say things at, at the wrong time and just like, you just want the world to just open a hole and you can just climb in and just no one ever sees you ever again. That's yeah. happened to me. Loads of times because I I almost feel like I have this kind of like Tourette's like mindset where I would be talking to an audience and I would be like, what is the worst thing that you can possibly say to this room? And in my head, it's all I'm thinking about the rest of my set where I'm like, I really need to just try my best to not say this thing because I I will get cancelled from whatever it is that I'm trying to achieve here. (laughs) Horrible feeling. Horrible.
0: Yeah, it's... uh. It's actually the, the saddest thing with that specific joke. And I've done it a few times and it, it always gets a good laugh. Um, but it's, I, I've planned on, I always check the room and make sure there's black people in the room because <laughs> the joke is, again, it's not racist at all. I mean, not really, but the, the joke is one that white people kind of look around. They'll see if it's okay to laugh. But black people think it's <laughs> hilarious, and then Absolutely. I tag it with something that only black people actually understand. Um, <laughs> so it, it's it was a so it was I, I can't even think of the setup to it at this point. But I I remember saying the guy got killed by. Uh, it's not the latest victim of a police shooting, although I haven't I haven't checked the news recently. Uh, and <laughs> and black people love that. And then I tag it with because in the United States. They tried to ban filtered cigarettes, which are traditional brands that Black people are more likely to smoke, which I'm like, well, that's, you know, just you're trying to create more conflict between the police and Black people. That's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I say, uh, I forget the brand, but I'm like, it's okay. He was probably smoking a, I think a Newport or something, whatever the brand is. And Mm -hmm. only Black people understand that joke because- they're, they're aware of the brand being associated with them and they're so yeah, it's like yeah. yeah i can't say this in a room full of white people or it's not going to work
1: <laughs> yeah i know what you mean i know i know i actually did a gig like two and a half weeks ago like 90 minutes after the queen had died mm. and it was like you could just tell from the minute it was like they, they even had tvs on in the room and it was on the news. You could, you could see they kept showing montages and these black screens and her date of birth and her, the date she died. And it was just so weird and sombre because over here, I'm not sure if you know much about Irish history or anything, but Ireland's almost like separated into two different parts where the north where I live is, to a lot of people, is considered part of England, Scotland and Wales. And to a lot of other people, it's considered still part of Ireland. So to a lot of people, Ireland is nothing to do with the Queen. Ireland is, you know, anti-Queen, anti-royalty, all this stuff. So um, not to get too much into it, but the room was almost like a, a mixed room where half the the crowd were grieving, half the crowd were like, "Thanks, fuck that bitch is dead." <laughs> you know, but it was it was yeah, it was it was that cutthroat and that severe. So I I had to get up on stage like 90 minutes later and I was like, I I don't know how to approach this. So I literally just asked the audience like who was grieving that the Queen had died and I got a big chair, and I was like, there goes the first like 10 minutes of my set because I was driving down to the gig, listening to the radio being like, there's a Prince Andre joke, there's a Prince Harry joke, there's a joke about Charles and it was like, no, I can't say any of this stuff because so many people in the room are like fucking devastated at the minute. So it was it was just a really, really weird, cold, strange atmosphere. I've never experienced anything like that before.
0: Yeah, I I I was I was I wanted to ask you that, so I'm glad you brought that up too. Cause I, I was listening <laughs> to Stanhope and he was like his first show in the UK. I guess some guy stood up, he's like, do queen jokes, do jokes <laughs> about the queen being dead. And he was like no i don't have any prepared i can't just, like stand not just gonna throw... <laughs> so, but he's like the whole show got room because this asshole just kept screaming that he wanted me to do jokes about the queen dying <laughs> it was probably prince andre <laughs> it was actually megan markle sitting in the crowd fuck <laughs> <laughs> <at> that bitch <laughs>
1: I tell you what, though, I I love Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. I think they did the right thing. I think Meghan Markle has really kind of opened Harry's eyes to all the things that, all the, like, dark secrets and everything that the the royal family have kind of brushed under the carpet for years. So I feel like she's a real breath of fresh air, and I feel like she, she over here, like, the media have really, really created a circus where she is despised among a lot of people especially like the hardcore British audiences. Like they're just, they, they despise her for absolutely no reason. She's done nothing wrong other than what they
0: will consider. She took Harry away. Yeah. <laughs> so she, she took him out of his fanny, fantasy world uh, castle that he lives. In. <laughs> I always, yeah. you know, I, and I don't, I, I, I avoid because I'm like, I'm ignorant to what goes on there. So I don't, but I'm always like, it seems silly that these people are royal. Just, I don't like I people born into royalty. I I like meritocracy. Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. if you're good at something, you get good. Not you were born and you're now a gazillionaire who lives in a castle. That's that, it. Yeah, yeah. That being said, if I was a billionaire, my kids would never lift their fingers a, a day in their life. <laughs> I mean, I'd make them do something, but like not yeah. hard. Like, what do you want to do? Yeah. What do you do? You want to be a podcaster? I'll I'll buy you the best podcast studio <laughs> on the planet, and I'll, and I'll hire someone to do all the work for you. All you have to do is talk. No yeah. one will listen, but I'll pay people to listen. They'll listen. <laughs> that's
1: it. And then they they create their own successes then off the back of that, don't they?
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, they you know born a born on third base, thinking they hit a triple. That's kind of <laughs> that's, that's cool. a baseball hey, term, I imagine. <laughs> yeah that's a that that that's that's the one that you might not get <laughs> yeah i'm vaguely familiar with it vaguely familiar <laughs> so is your hat is that that's not balls is it no this is uh baseball this is tampa bay rays Oh, um, okay okay so how many yeah. teams can you have how many
1: can you support one team from every sport or how does it work over there
0: yeah, typically I think most people here have sure. one favorite team and in every sport they follow at least. Um, so yeah, my the, the funny thing with me is my my baseball team is the local team. They play like two miles from my house. Uh, my hockey team is the local team. They play 30 minutes from my house. My football team is not the local team. Fuck them. I root for the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> so I, I I fight people. Locally, uh, because I, I support two of the local teams, but the third one, I'm I'm not a not a fan of. But but football is I feel like football's, uh, you know, in America, the, the NFL is the league where the fewest people root for their local team, I think, because it's so easy to get every game. So you don't grow up only being able to watch one team,
1: multiple teams
0: then. Yeah, yeah. One one in each league pretty much. The the baseball and hockey team are the local teams and the football I don't like the local team. I I root for the Saints. Uh oh, we are right, okay, okay. rivals with the local team, so that's that's fun for me. Oh. Uh um, yeah. But yeah, the the NFL is different than other major sports cuz there's so few games. You you can get any team's game you want, you know. So yeah, it's Yeah, yeah. The only team I can watch play every game in baseball is the local team. So, of course, you're going to yeah. either love or hate the local team. Yeah, uh, it makes sense. Yeah. Same with hockey. Um, yeah. My, my only successful the, team.
1: <laughs>
0: the uh, football, I think,
1: uh, American football, as we would call it, is I find it just so hard to, to get into. We, my, Myself and my wife, we went on a cruise shortly after we got married. You're talking early 2017. I think Tom Brady was one of the winners, or he was on the winning team that year. Mm-hmm. Would that be right? Yeah, Pro- probably. <laughs> and, and as far as I can remember, it was the it was one of the longest ever Super Bowl finals. That's right, isn't it? Super Bowl finals. Uh so su-
0: yeah, Super Bowls, yeah,
1: yeah. Um. Uh, so so we we started watching it. We were like, we're on a cruise. We we've just departed New York City. You know, we were like, America, fuck yeah, let's do this. You know, let's sit down and watch the Super Bowl with all these Americans. And we were we were just we were so excited, and we were loving it. And then about two and a half hours passed, and we were like, what the fuck is this game? How is this still ongoing? So we ended up, we got so drunk, we went to the nightclub at the other side of the ship where the game was being shown even in the nightclub. And then we heard cheering and stuff. And the next day we went for breakfast and the couple that we had met who had tried to explain the, the sport of uh, <laughs> um football to us, uh, they were like, if you'd have stayed like another 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you would have witnessed like one of the greatest Super Bowls in history. And we were like, "That is that's just our luck. But it was, we got to the point where we just couldn't take it anymore. We were like, this this just isn't for us. It's, it was too slow. It was too stop start, you know,
0: if uh, I don't know. No, it's, I am shocked at, I am very, very well versed with American football, especially the NFL more than college football. Uh, I'm like the guy at the party who people are like, Oh, come on. And I'm like, no, let me explain the rule guys. I know the rule you guys don't. And I will say, I don't understand how anyone, a lot of Americans enjoy football and they don't know the rules. And I'm like, I don't understand how you can enjoy this sport or claim to enjoy the sport so much when you clearly lack fundamental understanding of basic, like I would hate watching this sport if I did not know as much as I knew about, you know, so it's kind of puzzling to me. I feel like more people should be like you and be like, Oh, it's long. I don't really know what I'm watching all the time <laughs> where, you know, it's like, there's so many tiny little stupid rules that again, I, I know them all basically. So it's like, to me, weird thing. I'm like, oh, I can explain the rule to you, to the T, Yeah, you know, just cause you think it looks one way I'll tell you why the rule says it's something else. But I, I'm like, yeah. I don't understand how anyone can enjoy it if they don't understand it. Like I do, but obviously a lot of Americans do, because again, I am that guy at parties who.
1: Is, yeah, that's it. You probably uh, just had to grow.
0: Up. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it, it's experience. It's
1: experience watching. Yeah, it. you you just had to grow up with it, I think. Whereas we didn't get that
0: opportunity over here, but oh, it is what it is. No, well, I I don't blame you though, because I think until I started watching more soccer, and again, I the only reason I really started watching is because it's like an excuse to get drunk with a friend instead of by myself. Uh, <laughs> But I'm like, oh, I get that now. I used to think this was really dumb, but now I understand why they do these things. It makes yeah. sense because I've 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 seen it enough that I'm like, I get, I like, I can now see a goal is going to happen, or or maybe close to a goal is going to happen a couple seconds ahead of time, which is like yeah. that's how I like it, where I can I've seen enough where I can just visualize what's going to happen, so I'm yeah, I get yeah. geared up for you know usually a few seconds before someone scores a goal because i know i've seen what they're doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah i don't I, I, I you know we're just smarter than most people we can't enjoy things if we don't understand them i think that's, that's that, it right yeah that's it yeah but my i, I actually feel sorry for people who aren't into sports i feel like
1: sports is just such a a huge part of i, I imagine it's it, it's probably going to sound quite sexist to say it, but from from my upbringing, I feel like it's mostly male. you know, or males that are into certain sports? There are certain sports carry that kind of team mentality, where females don't often get that opportunity. I think they do nowadays because of uh, soccer has taken off in a big way over here because um of the Euros that had just finished and England were the winners of it, which really has brought on sort of female soccer over here. But oh, I feel like it's been really, really growing steadily over the past few years, but still there's almost like that thing where, you know, football's considered a male thing or it's a male-supported thing or male-dominant anyway, whereas there isn't really a thing for ladies or a thing that ladies play that is such heavily contested on a thing, you know, where people can scream and roar and who are so game for it so it's 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 weird i wonder if there will ever come a day hopefully there will where there is something that everyone gets behind and just women play it and women excel at it and they're amazing
0: sorry i have i have a few jokes
1: i'm not gonna say
0: <laughs> i not
1: thinking you did like a fucking ironing competition or <laughs> doing the washing up <laughs> is that what you were thinking
0: oh uh, i i uh, you know I, I was thinking about the uh, dominant female swimmer in america right now who has a cock and balls oh yeah 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 yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. that's uh that opens a whole, whole new chapter of uh, what could get me canceled <laughs>
0: yeah 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 we don't need to go any further <laughs> feminism men can beat women in their own sports <laughs>
1: And uh that's a wrap. That's
0: that's <laughs> <laughs> Sean did not say anything. This was all me. Yeah. For yeah. the record. This is,
1: this is gonna be a 30-minute podcast,
0: isn't it? We're just gonna cut <laughs> cut out all my internet fuck-ups, cut cut out anything, cut out the slap chest. I'll probably leave that <laughs> in because I'll realize how dumb it is in a few days. <laughs> I'll try playing it with a friend. And I'll be like, "Fuck this." <laughs> Do you sleep? think you'll remember the end of this episode? Are you? You're oh not that yeah, far yeah. Gone? I'm, I, I've uh, I was you in good started? shape starting this episode because I took a. That's good. That's good. I've been through enough hurricanes to know like I'm not going to get much sleep in the next 72 hours. So. I'm like, yeah. I got two hours before a podcast. I'm setting my alarm. I'm taking a 90-minute nap right now because this might be the last time I sleep for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you got me at a, at a completely sober level to start. So, But by the time I get around to editing, I probably won't remember this episode at all. So if there is that. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> Before I let you go, okay. Sean, uh, where where do, where can uh, people find you? And uh, of course, I'll link everything in the show notes, but where should people find you? <laughs> um, I think if people just search for, just if people go on social media and just search
1: my name, Sean Haggerty, even Sean Haggerty Comedian, you, you should be able to find most of my platforms on there. And um, you mightn't be able to understand much of what I say because a lot of it I talk uh, in local lingo and I talk really quickly at times because that's how people talk over here so um, uh, yeah it, it, if you like one-liners and jokes and if you like the idea of me never coming to America to perform then 100% give me a follow <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah. when my kids get older I don't know
0: yeah well i I, i'm just hoping that uh i'm just hoping you get on to uh what season three or four whatever we're on of ted lasso that that (laughs) you're watching that yeah oh yeah yeah that's that's i don't know a single person who doesn't love that show really yeah it's it's shockingly successful in america uh i i wasn't i wasn't do do you you know it's supposed to be in the uk right yeah, so i mean yeah. is it yeah. well received over there or is it just well received in america um i think it is i think it's received
1: more or it received better in america or it's more highly thought of but it, it definitely is it's yeah it, it's my my brother's told me to watch it a few times and i've watched like half of the first episode but i, I just then it just slipped my mind but yeah i need to i need to watch that it's it's definitely close to top of my list of things I need to
0: watch. Yeah. Well, I, I think they need to sign you to the team just for the post-game press conferences. You can <laughs> just slide the character right on in. Yeah. Just subtitle it, though. That's the only thing you even
1: – 100%. Hey, I, I, I,
0: I can't understand about 20% of what, what they say in Ted Lasso anyways because I'm not good at, with accents. <laughs> so, I think you'll be just fine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good.
0: <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's let's
1: hundred percent do this again, Jeff. And um, hopefully you survive the the hurricane, and we can we can pick
0: pick up down the line when when the internet's better. And um, sure. I'll have a few drinks with you as well. Absolutely, we will definitely need to do that. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sean. I appreciate yeah. it. Cool, man. No worries. Stay safe. Thank you. Hey, you're listening to the Jeff McNolly podcast. Keep on listening. But where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. Thanks, everyone. See ya. All right, that's it, that's all. Hope you had a ball. Thank you, Sean Haggerty, for coming on the podcast. Check out his links in the show notes below. Um... I gave you such a long intro, I should probably give you a short outro, uh, but do me a favor and make sure you follow me on all the socials, they're all in the show notes below, and, uh, you know, if you're so rich you don't need to make money back on a botta, you know, go join my Patreon. Uh, at 10 or $20 a month, you get free merch uh, every three months. And, uh, for $3, you know, you're just supporting the show, which, you know, $3 a month, you could make more than that by using Ibotta. So do one or the other or both. It works. It works. Um, I'm sure there's something else I was supposed to talk about. This is why I should write things down, but I don't like looking at notes while I do this. Um, hmm. Let's see. Let's just say if there's anything else I think about, if you're following me on social media, you'll see about it. Uh, I do. Oh, I do want to say just as a very brief, quick aside because I get a lot of emails through the website JeffMacalino.com. Uh, I would say 97% of them are spam, like crypto bots and SEO people. Not uh, you know, not that they're necessarily robots sending me the SEO stuff, but I'm not interested. Uh, so I, 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 and everything I get through my website for some reason goes through my, to my spam mail in Gmail, which I check almost every day. But if by chance I, I, I try to look at every one of them, if by chance I don't respond to you, send me another one or, or direct message me through Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. I, I caught one in there that was a very important one. I caught one in there from the website that I almost deleted and then realized, oh no, this is a person that I want to respond to. So uh, I'm I'm definitely not a jerk. I will I will talk to you if you want. Um, well, not unless you're trying to sell me something. Then I probably will say, hey, send me your link and block you. Uh, <laughs> Mark as spam. Um, that's that's avoiding confrontation. One oh one. Okay that'll do's it uh boom it's over